might notice the, the picture um, on the, the screen. It's uh, actually in uh, um, Honduras, Alan, so maybe you've even been there. Um, it's, uh, and some of you are maybe trying to figure it out, but that is uh, a big picture of a big bridge. It's one of the bridges to nowhere. Yeah, okay, so maybe Alan's seen that. It, it's, it's called the Chulateca Bridge, um, and it's in, it's in Honduras. And the, the bridge, was when it was built, it served a great purpose. Um, it was well made. It was made in the, wrong, in the right place um, at the time. And it helped to, to bridge uh, over this uh, river um, that was there. And it bridged from one piece of land to another. But in 1998, Hurricane Mitch came through and caused all kinds of destruction and stuff. And it moved the river. Moved, moved the river and took out all the roads that came up to it. So that now there's this well-made, um, well-planned bridge that is now going um, nowhere and not serving the purpose it was originally designed and made to serve. So one of those great illustrations, you know, that we plan and God laughs. You know, they're just... Bigger forces and powers than we can even imagine in our own lives. And, and I think this, this picture is, can be a good picture for the church to remember. Because at times, we as the, the church, and the church in, the, in, in America with the big C, and us as a church as well, that we can be like that bridge. Where we build, we're, we're made well, and, and we serve a purpose of bridging uh, between two uh, pieces of land. And, and we, we bridge that um, between the church and those outside the church. But the things going on outside the church, like that river, are always moving and changing. Sometimes it's more gradual than a hurricane. Sometimes it's a hurricane. And then therefore the church has to then build new bridges. We can't just be satisfied with a nice, pretty bridge that used to serve a purpose well, but doesn't anymore today. Um, uh, many of you know my middle daughter, Clara. She's a, a, a second-year student at the University of Virginia. And this is one of the things about the University of Virginia, uh, is they have their own language for things. And that's, uh, it was founded by uh, Thomas Jefferson. And Mr. Jefferson, his theology was a little bit off, um, but, um, or a lot off in some ways, but he was still a pretty smart guy in some other ways. And one of the things that he said is, you know, we're not going to call students freshmen, sophomore, junior, and senior, because that gives the sense that you can graduate when you're a senior and you're finished. We're going to call you first, second, third, and fourth year because we want you to be learning throughout your adulthood. You're, you're a lifelong learner. Um, so you'll never really graduate from learning. Oh, that's a really good idea for the church. That, that we need to always be recognizing we are learning. We are building new bridges because things are changing. And it makes sense. If indeed there, um, the, the devil is opposing the work of God and he does everything he can to keep the church insulated, you know, to, to keep the church from connecting with folks outside the church because they don't want more and more folks to know of the, the good news of, of Christ, then the devil's not going to give us just a, a simple target. I mean, it's going to be a moving target forever. We're always going to be having to build new bridges. 
Um, uh, Clara was in a, a class this uh, last semester, and um, it was like 15 different students, and it was a discussion class, and they would meet one night a week. And, um, and so this is no scientific survey or any, anything, but still, it's 15 people that were gathered, and the, the, the question for discussion that night was, how has religion influenced your life? And just so, I, well, you know, for Clara, you know, she's a preacher's kid. Um, so, you know, that's sort of an easy answer, uh, really can be a really long answer. But she, um, but no, I knew that at the time, but she went last in this particular uh, discussion. And so they, they, they started next to her and went the other direction. And so she was the last one in the group to answer. But she said, uh, um, called me uh, uh, the next day and said, well, you know, this is what we talked about. She said, you know, I was the only person to say something positive in response to that question. Of the 15 people there, half of them said nothing. They just said religion doesn't really have an impact. It hasn't really influenced um, their life that they knew. And then the rest, the smaller number of folks said, gave negative responses of how religion had influenced their life. She was the only one to say anything positive. That's how much the river has moved. That's, that's why the, the church, that we as followers of Jesus, we've got to be saying, how do we build new bridges? We've got to always be learning and wondering how we engage with the world. I mean, for us as a church, we, we have a, a, a habit we, we want to live into, and that's connect three. You know, that, that each, we want to connect with God. You know, we want, to, we want to connect with one another, with the folks in the church, and we want to connect weekly with folks outside the church. We want to connect up, we want to connect in, and we want to connect out. So we're always building bridges with folks outside the church. You know, and we see it in Jesus. I mean, Jesus, in a sense, he, he was, uh, in his very life, was building a bridge. And that's what we'll look at in our passage today in, in Philippians um, chapter 2. That Jesus becomes human in order to build a bridge, in order to connect with folks. In order to, to, to bridge, in a sense, to sort of mix metaphors. But from what Cedric was saying, that, that, that distance of being underwater, Jesus came in order to, to build that bridge, to make that bridge between us and our sin and between us and God passage then is in Philippians chapter 2, starting with verse 2. It's found on page 954 in your pew Bible, and we'll see how Jesus is the one that is that bridge and how he calls us, and how Paul, through Jesus, calls us to be that bridge and, and build those bridges. Um, again, this is uh, Paul's letter uh, to the church in, in Philippi, and he's uh, telling them about Jesus. And actually, sort of interesting little bit, he, he quotes, or the, the last part, the last couple of verses, is really a quote from an early Christian hymn, or an early Christian poem that was probably written in the, in the first century. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for your written word as it continues to speak to us. And we pray your Holy Spirit will indeed um, speak to our hearts. 
Speak to our souls. We, we do want to hear from you as a, as a church and individually how you're calling us to, to build those bridges with folks outside the church. How to, to be that good news. How to share that good news. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, Philippians 2, starting with verse 2. Hear the word of the Lord. Make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, a couple points that Paul makes here in terms of, of command, of the, the, the imperative, the thing. He says, this is what you need to do. He's saying, one, in that first verse, and have this same attitude among yourselves. In other words, be, be unified in this way. And, and then the next is, he says, and now I want you to have then together that same attitude that Jesus had. That, that you are people of humility, that you're people who don't care for yourself as much as you care for those um, uh, others around you. It's like Jesus you know, said the, the, the same thing, that he said, I want you to, to love your neighbor as yourself. And Paul goes on to say, you know, this is, this is who Jesus is, and this is who we are to be as Jesus' followers. That others, then, are more important than you. Love your neighbors as yourself. I think that's the most crazy, radical command that Jesus says. Love my neighbor as myself. I mean, you know, love God all the heart, mind, soul, and strength. Okay, I can do that. You know, I mean, that one makes sense to me. You know, it's sort of like a, because God's perfect. You know, God's good. God's love. So if I love God with everything I got, you know, then I trust God. I mean, He's going to treat me right, you know. So, okay, I'll love you with all that I give my life all. But the, you, you want me to love my neighbor as myself. You know, I, so a friend asked me to borrow my tent a couple weeks ago. So... I eventually took it over to him and said, here, you can borrow it. And then when he returned it, it didn't have all its parts there. You know, and so it becomes then a useless piece of junk along with a whole bunch of other useless pieces of junk, you know, in, in my basement. I don't like loving my neighbor as I love myself. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just hard. 
My mother-in-law gave uh, us a, a, a washing machine because she left. So then we had two washing machines. And so uh, another friend is getting a new place and stuff. We said, well, here, you can have this uh, washing machine, you know. And so now, you know, loving my neighbor myself has taken us like two weeks to try to figure it out and get a truck. And now I think this afternoon we're finally going to get it done. All in the name of loving my neighbor as myself. In simple little ways. I mean, that's just little stuff. But I think in great ways, this is the great, radical, challenging command of God. To love my neighbor as myself. To build new bridges to those outside the church. To consider them, their needs, their thoughts, their ideas as more important than my own. That's, that's getting in touch as we've been talking about through this series of, of sharing good news of, of the explosive love of God for the world. You know, the, 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 the God that Jesus talked about, as, as we read a couple weeks ago, that had 99 sheep, or he had 100 sheep, and he lost one. And so he left the 99 in order to go find the one. That's the explosive love of God for the world. That's what the church is called to do, to build new bridges, to always be building new bridges to those outside of the church, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Today, as we've been talking about listening, listening to God, I... I believe that one of the best ways we build bridges, that we love our neighbor um, as we love ourselves, that, that, that we do what Paul is saying here, that we have that same attitude in us that was in Jesus Christ, is that we practice listening to the other. That we practice listening to our neighbors that that is one of the greatest acts of love and compassion and humility that we can give to others. Where we seek to understand the other more than we seek to be understood. Instead of leaving a conversation saying, did I say everything I needed to say? Did I say everything I need to say and say it well? We leave a conversation saying, did I hear everything I needed to hear? It's it's giving God control of the conversation. It's no longer me being in control of the conversation and leading. It's giving God control. And if the opportunity arises to share good news, then okay, I will. But more importantly... In order to build that bridge, am I listening well? Am, am I giving God control of the conversation? Conversation. And do I, do I rightly put the spotlight on the other person in the conversation rather than on me? It's sort of a one of the, the bad uh, uh, side effects of being a preacher is you like to talk. You know, you sort of like the spotlight. 
I like being in places where people will ask me what I think so that then I can tell them. But that's not building bridges. Truly, building bridges with others is to listen and to care for them so that they feel understood so that they feel heard. I mean, in, in this day of communication overload, communication everywhere, we have communication nowhere. I mean, it's just not possible to listen to another in 140 characters or less. It's efficient, and it's quick. It's nice quips, but it's really not listening to another. Now, in your uh, um, hot off the press, you know, there's some uh, information in there on listening for heaven's sake. A whole class at the end of February or a whole day, we, we, we learn and we focus on developing these, these skills to listen to another person. We're, we, we, go to the, we do these kind of things so that we are changed, so that we become more and more like Jesus, so that we're, we're doing what Paul said, that we're caring for the needs and concerns of others more than we are ourselves because we're busy listening to them instead of being busy trying to talk to them. It's important as as we listen to others, this this isn't a technique to control the conversation in order somewhere to dump the good news on them. It's a skill that we seek to develop as we learn care for others, as, as we are transformed by the power of the Spirit, making our focus more on the other person than on ourselves, keeping the spotlight on them and not ourselves. Now, for some of us, some of you that are, that are like me, it's like, oh, you know, we try to find the spotlight and, and, and stand in it. And, and now what we're saying is, no, as we listen to another, as we build bridges with folks outside, we simply take the spotlight and put it on them so that we are listening to them. There's others of us that, that we avoid the spotlight and avoid being involved at all. And, and the, the class will help us either way. To, to step into the conversation, even though we don't want to, or we love being in the conversation, but we need to take the spotlight and turn it on the other in order to build the bridge with those outside the church. Now again, uh, this, this isn't a technique that we're trying to learn in order to lure people into the closing room and then shut the door and make the sale. This is really about us changing. And it's about us building new bridges and really listening to others to understand and care for them. Developing trust in a real relationship. One of my favorite movies about this is called The Big Kahuna. It was in the 90s. Um, and uh, Kevin Spacey and... Uh, Danny DeVito, we won't see Spacey in this clip, uh, but we'll see uh, DeVito, and um, uh, another character named Bob. And all three of them are working for, um, they're, they're attending an industrial lubricant convention. Now, already a great movie, isn't it? And uh, they are um, there trying to catch the big kahuna, who's one of the big presidents of one of the company they're trying to make their sale um, to. Well, it just so happens that Bob, who is a Christian, 
has connected to the big kahuna. But Bob decided to talk to him about Jesus and not talk to him about industrial lubricants. And so the DeVito character and, and Bob then are talking here. And what DeVito, the, his character, is asking Bob, he's saying, are you really caring for this man? Or are you simply trying to make a sale? It's just you're selling something else. Are, are you really embodying the fullness of honest love towards this man? Or, as you'll hear him say, are you just a marketing rep? For, uh, for Jesus. So uh, they've had a big, huge blowout, and now things have quieted down, and you'll hear them talking um, to one another. Now, a couple things about the movie. One, the big kahuna is rated R. Um, so, you know, sometimes people, you, you give this uh, clip, and people go watch it, and then they come back horrified. So just know that. And now, the clip isn't rated R. Um, but uh, one thing about the, the clip is Danny DeVito is smoking in the clip. Don't smoke. It's bad for you. Okay? So what he, he's doing there is not good. So we want to be sure that that's clear as well. Okay. You too are an honest man, Bob. I believe that. That somewhere down deep inside of you is something that strives to be honest. The question that you have to ask yourself is has it touched the whole of my life? What does that mean? That means that you preaching Jesus is no different than Larry or anybody else preaching lubricants. It doesn't matter whether you're selling Jesus or Buddha or civil rights or how to make money in real estate with no money down. That doesn't make you a human being. It makes you a marketing rep. If you want to talk to somebody honestly, as a human being, ask him about his kids. Find out what his dreams are. Just to find out, for no other reason. Because as soon as you lay your hands on a conversation, to steer it, it's not a conversation anymore. It's a pitch. And you're not a human being. You're a marketing rep. Forgive me if I respectfully disagree. Challenging word about controlling a conversation and not a good illustration on Bob's part of listening. is more interested in making his point than really trying to explore with Phil there what exactly he's saying. We're not marketing reps for Jesus. God's the one in control of this, not us. God's the one uh, that opens people's eyes and hearts to hear the good news. We're, we're simply on a mission. We're building bridges to new places, engaging with others in open, honest, human conversation with others. Uh, we're seeking to be changed by Him so that we love those around us in, in true humility and in true compassion. Now, in, in those relationships, sure, if I truly love another, and, and if Jesus has means so much to me, then yeah, I want to share him with others. Well, then in, in, in listening, our charge then is to trust that God will provide those opportunities, either with us or through others. 
And when those opportunities come, as we talked about, as Peter said, be ready at all times to give a reason for the hope that's within you. And when the question is asked, uh, when uh, they're asking your opinion, want to listen to you, well then, yeah, take the opportunity to share of your stories, what it means to, to follow Jesus. But the best way these days uh, for us to build bridges is to truly care and listen to another. To treat others as Jesus would treat them if Jesus were me or if Jesus were you. You know, as I, as I consider Jesus and the stories in the Gospels about Jesus, it amazes me how he's able to engage with people outside the church in, in such welcoming ways. You know, a woman is caught in adultery and brought before him, and Jesus engages with her in the midst of the crowd, and by the end of the conversation, she's fallen in love with Jesus. And Jesus loves her and tells her, you know, nobody's here to condemn you. I don't condemn you. Now go and sin no more. It's one thing about listening. Sometimes we get caught up in, in truly listening, trying to understand another. If they're very different than us, because we listen, because we understand, doesn't mean we condone. But what folks need first and foremost in that bridge is simply to be heard and to be understood. See Jesus uh, with uh, another uh, woman who's uh, been married four times and now living with a man that's not her husband. And, and Jesus engages with her, finds that out, hears that story. And, and she too then falls in love with Jesus and goes back home and tells everybody about how wonderful Jesus is. You see a story of Jesus interacting with this man who is greedy, who is filthy rich, who used his power to make all the money he could off of others to exploit them. And Jesus encounters him, and he loves him. His name is Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus engages with Jesus, and he falls in love with Jesus and, and walks with him. You, know that, you see how Jesus not only builds the big bridge in his coming, but builds bridges over and over with people outside the church. So we, as a church... Do the same in the way we've learned to build those bridges is to listen to others. And it's not how I was formed in terms of conversations. You know, I, I, I was formed that whoever gets the last word in um, wins. Yeah, my, and the conversations that I was a part of is whoever who spoke the loudest or whoever was the most entertaining or, or whoever um, uh, could, could stand the, the tallest was the one that wins the conversation. It was about their voice that you had. Uh, whereas listening and loving like Jesus is not about the voice, it's about the ears that we have in hearing others. It's about building a bridge not making a point. It's forming in ourselves loving ears towards others. That that's truly what wins in the long run. Again, as I lead the conversation, it's not did I make my point. It's did I understand that person. I believe this week that we will each have opportunities to engage with another. You know, that God will bring people to cross our paths. And at school, at home, at work, I mean, it's, uh, uh, we'll, 
God will give us opportunities to listen. And in some ways that we'll listen and we'll listen really well. And God, you'll hear, you'll feel God saying, yeah, listen, you know, connect with that person, love that person, and, and, and continue to develop that relationship with them. Let God control the conversation. And there'll be other ways, be other times when people will cross your path and you know what? You're going to fail. You're going to fail miserably. Well, don't waste a good failure. You know, don't just beat yourself up. Just say, oh, man, that was me. That was terrible. That wasn't God. You know, run to Jesus. Say, help me and and show me. Continue to form me so that when folks cross my path, I care more about understanding them than I care about them understanding me. It's not something that we can just decide to do. but something we're formed by that we change over time. Be, Be on the alert this week for those opportunities. And, and consider with me, this is we've been walking through this, you know, sharing the good news, having good news, that, that the first thing that we talked about a number of weeks ago was that we pray. That we are praying that God will be at work in us, giving us, changing our heart, giving that explosive love in our own heart. Making that real for us, that love for the other, that love for the one. That he continue to transform and change us in that way. And that then we'd, we'd notice what the needs are around us. We'd, we'd serve others, even if it means giving our ten away and losing all the parts. That we'd, we'd serve um, others. That we'd, we'd pursue different, uh, we'd build different bridges in order to invite folks to participate with us in that service, as we talked about last week with missional communities. And today, when we're in those connections with others, we've prayed with them, we've noticed what God is doing, we've served them, we've invited them, that when then we listen, we listen to them to to understand them, to, to care for them and give God control of the conversation. See, friends, the, the river's moved, and the river keeps moving. And so as a, as, a, as a church, as followers of Jesus, we're always then called to build new bridges. And the best way today for us to build those kind of bridges for those outside of the church is not first to talk, but first to listen. Amen.